This week, Torah and tea, we have a double portion. It's Vayakhel and Pikude. And these are the two last portions in the uh, book of Shemois. This Shabbos is Shabbos Chazak. It's uh, the Shabbos of strength because we complete the entire book of Shemois. This Shabbos is also Shabbos Mevorchem. We are going to be blessing the new upcoming month of Nisan, which of course, Nisan is all about Pesach. Uh, Rosh Chodesh is on Sunday. So that means that it's Machar Chodesh, that it's the day after Shabbos, is Rosh Chodesh. What's what's also interesting now, right now, the seven days that lead up to Rosh Chodesh Nisan are considered, are called the Shivas Yimei Hamiluyim. Those are the seven days of inauguration in which Moshe Rabbeinu served as the Kohen in the uh, Mishkan, and he trained, showed everybody what needs to be done for the first seven days. They would raise and undo the Mishkan on the seven days. Finally, on the eighth day, Vayibayom Hashmini, uh, that was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Then the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, actually came down to the Temple. To, there were blessings by Aaron and Moshe and the special uh, sacrifices. And then the uh, Nisim, the leaders, the princes of each one of the tribes, uh, they started bringing a special korban, starting with Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Uh, every day, the first day of Nisan, the uh, first Nasi brought the second day, the second day, the second prince, all the 12 days, starting with Rosh Chodesh, the first 12 days of the month of Nisan, these princes brought their korbanot. And that is actually why each one of these days is considered to be a miniature holiday. Once we start with Rosh Chodesh Nisan, of course, Rosh Chodesh, we never say Tachanon, those, uh, that, those prayers, but the entire month of Nisan, starting with Rosh Chodesh, we don't say Tachanun for the whole month. Uh, and um, it's interesting, today we're actually going to be discussing a Rashi, an interesting part and also a perspective of the Rebbe on a simple level in the Rashi, but also there is a, a very clear approach from the Rebbe as we've seen in so many different instances, not to see the negativity, but rather the Rebbe proves the positivity, that even when an ordinary person would learn this subject, this Rashi, they would tell you, hey, you know, this is a very derogatory statement about the leaders. The Rebbe twists it around. Not only does the Rebbe find a merit, but the Rebbe actually's argument is that in the very simple meaning of this Rashi and the context, if you go very clearly and you look into the specific language Rashi uses, you'll get the just the opposite. The opposite is true that we are not trying to talk here about the faults or the lackey of the leaders, but rather we're talking here about their greatness. It comes out very, very interesting. Like instead of talking negative, we're talking positive. How could the same sentence that seems to be talking negative be interpreted positive? Well, for that you need the Rebbe, but the Rebbe shows you that this is actually this literal 
meaning in the Rashi in our case, and that's very, very fascinating. So it's also very well connected because we're talking about the Nesim. Again, Nesim is the princes or leaders. Every tribe had a Nasi, they had a prince, they had a leader, they had the head of the tribe. That was called the Nasi. Nasi is the leader of the tribe. Now, the leaders of the tribe, when it came to the gifts of the Mishkan, which is the subject matter of these parshiot that we're learning, and also in Vayakel, we talk about how the contributions for the building of the Mishkan took place. So over here we read about the princess. We read about the prince, how the prince of the prince of Israel, the Nesim, they were the last ones to contribute for the Mishkan. Who were the last ones? The princes, the Nesim. Oh. The Nesim. Okay. They were the last ones. And then when we read about in the uh, inauguration, as I said earlier, in the portion of Bamidbor over there, we see that there was a Nosi Echod Layoim, Nosi Echod Layoim, that there was, it's actually in Parshish Nosoi over there, where the, uh, where the uh, Torah counts all the different uh, Nesim. Over there, the Nosi, the Nesim, the princes, they did it first. Before anywhere else, they went and brought it first. Okay. So let's look at the Rashi. Let's read the Pasuk. So the discussion is here, why did the leaders wait till the end? So, as we'll see, that all the Jewish people brought all the contributions that they needed in the Mishkan, and then the leaders, only at the end did they bring it. So, when we're going to read the Rashi in the very simple context, or the way it seems superficially, it seems like they waited till the end. That was a negative because they were lazy. Actually, Rashi even uses the language, they were lazy. They weren't quick enough to bring gifts in a timely fashion. And Rashi seems to say that because they were lazy or because they were late when they brought the gifts for the Mishkan, so they made it up by bringing the korbanot, the sacrifices for the Mizbeach, they came first. They did it first to make up for being last. So according to this, if we learn it superficially, so why did the leaders wait till the end? Something negative, because they were lazy. But the Rebbe is going to say something totally, totally opposite. The Rebbe is going to say that they waited till the end because they wanted to make sure that everyone else does what they need to do because the job of a leader is to see that everyone else does the job. Let's learn the Rashi inside and let's see what the impression we get. So the Pasuk, this verse 27, Chavzayin, this is, sums up basically the end of the description of all the gifts that were brought by all of the Bnei Yisrael. So then the verse 27, Chavzayin says, V'hanisim heviu, and then it says that the princes, they brought, Eis Avnei Hashoyam, they brought the shoham stones and the filling stones for the ephod and the choshen. You know, the apron, which was worn by the Kohen Godel, uh, that had uh, two stones on the shoulder straps. Uh, the choshen had 12 stones on the breastplate of the Kohen, that he would wear them. And those Shoham and Miluim stones were very special and very expensive stuff. 
So they brought the Nesim, brought the Avnei Shoyam, and the Avnei Miluyim for the Eifad Nachoshah. That's what the verse 27 says. Now, see, notice something interesting. In the word Hanesim over here, Nesim is spelled without a Yud over here. Normally... We can't see it if you're showing us something. It says Parshas Naso, Baron. Okay, so the, you're, you're in the wrong. Vahanesim, the word Nesim, there's no Yud after this sin. There should be Nesim, there should be a Yud over there. And Rashi is going to explain that somehow they lost that Yud. The Torah doesn't write the Yud because they lost something, because there was something over here that they lost because of their tardiness, because of uh, coming late. So let's see what Rashi says. Now, mind you, the Avne Shoyham and the Avne Miluim, those were very expensive gifts. They were gifts, and they were brought for the Eifod and the Choshen. Those were very important garments in the Mishkan. That was the Kohen Gadol used to wear them. And those were for an atonement for the Jewish people. They were very, very special garments that the Kohen Gadol wore. So who brought those Shoham and Miluim stones? They were brought by the Nisim. Now I'm just going to guess, it doesn't say here, but the 12 stones, I'm going to guess each tribe brought their stone. You know, maybe that's what, that would be seemingly reasonable. I have to look on the Mephoshim, I'm just saying it off the top of my head. I'm not sure. But in any event, so what is the discussion over here? So, Hanisim Heviyu. So Rashi says, Omar Rabbi Nosen, he quotes, uh, Rabbi Nosen says, Ma ro nisim li'isnadiv b'chanukas ha'mizbeach b'tchilo? How come the prince, they contributed by the inauguration of the mizbeach, which means the first to make the korbonos, as I mentioned, the Rosh Chodesh Nisan, was the princes. They started the princes the first 12 days. It was the princes. So over there, they started. Why did they start first over here? But over here, when it comes to the work for the Mishkan, how come they did not do first over here? How come they went first over there and they didn't do first over here? So Rashi gives the whole explanation. So this is what they said, the prince. They said, Let the community contribute whatever they're going to do. And that which they will be lacking. We are going to complete it. Whatever happened in reality, that was their plan. So their plan was, let the community bring whatever they bring. We are going to make up and take care and complete everything. But what happened in reality? Since the community completed everything. They didn't leave anything over. They did everything. Shenemar. Where do we know that they did everything? It says in the Zion that the work that they brought for the Mishka, meaning all the gifts, was sufficient. So therefore, the plan didn't work. So the leader said, so what is it? What could we do? So they brought the Avni Hashoyim and the Avni Meluim and therefore Lakach. So since they saw that it didn't work out the first time, So when it comes to the inauguration, Mizbeach. They weren't going to wait anymore. Now, 
because to begin with they were tardy. They were lacking a letter from their name instead of without a yud. So, basically, why does the Torah write this whole verse over here? And the takeaway to you is basically to tell us that the Nesim were tardy, that they didn't do things in a timely fashion. Seems a little bit strange that the Torah would elaborate and write a whole posik just to let us know how bad the leaders are. You know, today, leaders aren't the real leaders. You know, you don't have to look for any. And I just find it very uh, telling. Uh, If you're following a little bit of the news I saw, but I saw this clip, uh, the governor of uh, New York, he's in a lot of trouble, but he, uh, he basically said, and there's a, a video for that, he said that he bragged, and he says, don't think the pandemic is under control, not because of God, he said, it's not because of faith, it's because of me. That's what he said, he said like, so arrogantly, almost like Homan, you know, he said like, I am the one that did it, and I am the one that is certain, and I am to thank for it. So it's just very telling. You're talking about leaders, Lahavdil, who are not leaders. Today they are not leaders. These were really leaders. They were great people. The reason they were chosen, as the Rebbe used to say, today they run for office. They don't even walk for office. They run. You know, they, everybody's running for office. These Most of these leaders didn't run for office. They were picked by the people because they were the most capable and they were the most righteous. They were leaders. They were exemplary people and that's why they were chosen leaders. And how come the Torah would come here and tell us that they were tardy, writes a whole posuk to give us some bad information about them. So that's the first issue. There's a lot of questions here, but I'm just bringing a few of them that the Rebbe addresses. So how come, again, the Torah would uh, say these negative negative things about... uh, How come the Torah would say such negative things about them? So... That's the, um, that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, this seems to be like very unclear over here. What, what, why does it say, it says like this, did the Bnei Yisrael bring everything? The verse, what does Rashi start to say? He says that the leader said, okay, let them bring whatever they will bring, whatever they will be missing, we'll fill, we'll, we'll cover, you know, we'll, We'll make sure that there's everything there. Let them do. They underestimated. They underestimated. Because what happened? They brought everything. But wait a minute. But they didn't buy him. They didn't bring everything. If they brought everything, how did the Nassim have these Shoham stones and the Meluim stone? How did they have that? So that means that means that they didn't really bring everything. And then it says that they felt bad that they didn't contribute. But why were the leaders in pain when they ended up giving a lot? They gave very expensive stuff. Those Shoham and uh, Yoshveh, there's actually a story in the Talmud about, in which the Talmud says that we learn how to honor parents from a non-Jew. Okay? From a non-Jew. The Gemara tells us a whole story about this, this individual. Yeah. His name was Dama Ben Sina. 
So Domo Benesino, he had um, he had one of these uh, one of these stones in his possession, and the rabbis went out to search for someone who has the stone in order to purchase it. They needed it for the garments of the Kohen Gadol. But the key for the safe where he kept that stone was under the pillow and his father happened to be sleeping. And because he didn't want to disturb his father, he let the key there and he said to the to the rabbis or the ones that came, I can't sell it to you. I don't think his father was too happy with him. <laughs> but in any event, it says that because of his great merit of honoring the father in such a special way, the following year, in his herd, they gave birth to a red heifer. And the red heifer was even more unique and more valuable and more expensive, so he didn't lose out because of the honor that he gave to his father. This is brought down in the Talmud, the story. The point here is, the point being, that uh, the uh, cost for a stone of this or this Yoshve was not a cheap, was it very expensive? So why did the Nassim feel bad if at the end of the day they brought the Shoham and they brought the Miluim stones? So they did produce. So what's going on over here? How, how could we say that the Jewish people brought everything, but they left out? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like somebody says, you know. I gave the money for everything besides for the door and the windows and uh, and the Oren Kodesh, you know, I mean, you didn't finish, they didn't finish, so first of all, Rashi says they finished everything and they didn't finish, number one. Number two, if they did everything and the, and the Pasuk says they gave more than it was sufficient, so why didn't they give the Shom and the Meluim stones? And if they didn't give it, and then the leaders ended up giving those stones, so why were they feeling bad and said, oh, oh well, what, what could we do? Oh, well, you know, you could think like, oh, let's just bring those shoham and, and the 12 stones over there, the very expensive stones. Oh, well, what else could we do? I mean, what, that's not what else to do. That's the main... That's one of the main expenses in the uh, in the Mishkan. What's going on over here? Very difficult to understand. And the Rebbe sheds some light. And the Rebbe says, it's just the opposite. This is not derogatory, really, about the, liter- about the leaders, about the Nisim. This is actually trying to tell us how great this Nassim war. And the Rebbe says the question actually is why did they go first when it came to the inauguration of the Mizbeach and didn't wait till the end? Just like they did here. In other words, waiting till the end is the right approach not to take in the beginning. The function of a leader is to make sure that the community is taken care of and that they get the opportunity to do and only later on, only after the community is taken care of, they can think about themselves. Even if we have a situation where the leader wants to do a mitzvah. Take a case like this case over here. Here, 
everybody was running and wants to be, have a part in the building of the Mishkan. People were gifting and people were bringing more and more and more until we had to stop them. Of course, the leaders want to be a part of it also, of all the gifts. But they can't be a part of it until they make sure that they inspire everybody else to do what they need to do. There's an interesting verse earlier that Rashi has brought down that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went down from the mountain, he went right to the people. Rashi comments over there that Moshe Rabbeinu did not take care of his personal matters. But rather, he right away went and took care of the people of the community. So the Rebbe explains, what does it mean he didn't take care of his personal matters? That he didn't go and uh, play golf, or he didn't mm-hmm. do uh, his, uh, watch a TV show, or serve the internet? Well, what are we trying to say that he didn't do his personal stuff? The Rebbe says, that the, that Rebbe explains it, when we talk about he didn't go to his personal occupations, it means his own Torah study, his own mitzvahs, his own spiritual level. Even that he didn't do first. First he took care of the community. Moshe needed to inspire, encourage, and see to it that the community, that the people, that they should do what they're supposed to do. Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore, didn't go to his mitzvahs he did for the people. Same thing is with the Nassim over here. They had the job as leaders of their community to see to it that all the people in their tribes take part and participate and join in this effort of building the Mishkan. What about themselves? They didn't think about it at that time. That wasn't their concern. So this is why a leader is not faulted for coming in last, they once asked the Rebbe, or many times they asked the Rebbe, how come the Rebbe doesn't go to visit Israel? During the Rebbe's time over here, he was probably the most asked question by the Rebbe was, how come you don't go visit Israel? If you love Israel and you are so invested and familiar in love and you care and you do so much for Israel, why don't you go visit Israel? And the Rebbe once explained and he says he was actually talking, this was the General Sharon who asked the Rebbe this question and the Rebbe said to him you are a general And you know that when you want to be successful in war, you want to be a successful general, and you want to inspire the soldiers to go and fight, then you don't send them to the field. But you go first, and you say to the people, Acharai, you know, follow me. So you go first in battle. Uh, Rashi says by Pari, that Pari says, other kings send the people, and they don't go. But he said, I'll go first. But generals that do, that fight, know that if they're going to sit back and they expect the others to go fight, they won't be successful. So the Rebbe said, this question coming from you is a very legitimate question, because you say, why don't I go to Israel? And then say to everybody, follow me. 
That would be a very good argument. But the Rebbe says, sometimes you have a captain, the leader, who's on a boat. And then the boat is sinking. So if the captain will say, okay, I'm going to save myself first, leave the boat, and then I'm going to tell everybody, Acharai, follow me. That wouldn't be a good captain. That wouldn't be a good leader. He has to first see to it that all the people on the boat get on safely onto shore. And after everybody else is saved, then he comes last. And the Rebbe said, look, you know, the United States and the world over has is like a sinking boat. There are so many Jews that are sinking in ignorance and apathy. And it's a sinking boat. If we don't stop the boat from sinking, it'll sink and we'll lose some of these people forever and we'll never have them back to the Jewish people. The Rebbe says, in order for me to do my work for my own selfish, personal reasons, I'd love to be in Israel, live in Israel, in the Holy Land, but there is a boat here. There's a lot of whole Jewish community in the whole world. And I take it as my responsibility. And I can't leave and say, everybody follow me. I must try to save one by one every child, every adult, men, women, children, <coughs> boys, girls, to bring them all back. And that's my responsibility. So that's the responsibility of a leader, of a Moshe Rabbeinu. So when our leaders over here that we're talking about, the Nassim, they had to make sure that the community is taken care of. So they weren't concerned about themselves. And that's actually not derogatory. That's positive. The Torah is telling you what the real leader is, that a real leader takes care of the people first. What happened at the end? When everybody brought their stuff, and we asked the question, but what happened? They all bring this stuff. Came to the end, all of a sudden, the leaders saw that because they waited to the end, they actually ended up losing out. How so? How did they end up? Because the Jews brought everything. But what do you mean they brought it here? Well, we just said they did not bring the Shoham stones and the other stones for the Eifer and the Cheshen. How did they lose out? How did they say they brought everything? And the answer the Rebbe explains is that while the actual Yoham, Shoham and Yoshvi stones were only at the Kohanim, which is, was only by the Nesim, which is, in itself is astonishing that so happens that the only ones that had these stones were the Nesim, but the people contributed <laughs> so much money so that they made sure that there was enough funding to go ahead and buy these stones as well. So while they did not actually have the actual stones, but the value of the stones, when the Pasuk says, Rashi brings down, they did everything, yes, they did everything. That doesn't mean that they actually physically brought these stones. They actually could have had enough money to pay the Nassim, I'm adding that, to get the stones from them, or to get the stones elsewhere to bring them here. So they did, when Rashi says they did everything, they did everything. (coughs) So what does it turn out? It turns out that while, when it came to the Nassim, they didn't have anything to do. What does it mean they didn't have anything to do? They didn't have anything to do uh, more. What are they to do about the Jewish people brought everything? Now, they want to contribute something too at the end, right? But it turns out that their contribution is not at the same level 
as the other Jewish people's contributions. Because when the Jewish people contributed, that was actually lacking in the Mishkan. But when these leaders contributed, they didn't contribute anything that was lacking. Because the money was there, the funds were there. They were just giving the physical material. They happened to have these stones, so they gave it. But that didn't really match up to the gift that the Jewish people gave. The Jewish people's gift was necessary for the construction of the temple, of the Mishkan, and the garments of the Kahuna. Whereas the gift that the Nesim gave were not necessary. There was only... Physically, they happen to have these stones. They gave those stones. But they didn't need to give it. But it doesn't have that same value giving something that they need versus just supplying the material if you have to have the material. Rabbi? Yes. Doesn't the Torah... The Nassim felt bad that they're not really doing... Okay, so... Something tells them that because of that, they were lacking. They weren't lacking in what they actually ended up giving. They were lacking in the fact that their contribution wasn't as valued as the other one's contribution. And they realized that there was actually something wrong in this particular function that they waited so long. There was, there was something over here uh, that was actually lacking, that it was something of a tardiness over here, even though, generally speaking, the intent was a good one to have everybody else uh, do first, and then they will only worry about themselves later. But in this case, they realized. The Rebbe explains that in the interest of expediency, they should have brought the gifts as well. Because here, it wasn't just something that you have all the time in the world to do. The earlier we can build the Mishkan, the earlier we can have the Divine Presence amongst the Jewish people. So, in addition to seeing that everybody else does in the interest of bringing down the Divine Presence into this world quicker and building the Mishkan quicker, they should have contributed as well in order to achieve that goal. That was a level of, of tardiness that got involved over here. Not to go ahead and make sure that the speed of things, to go ahead and bring the Mishkan up to speed. And because of that, even though they gave a major gift, they gave the showman, but because they didn't really gift something that the Mishkan really needed, it was already all taken care of, they just gave something which the Mishkan already have. That's why they said, same thing when it comes to the Mizbech with the Korbanos, they said, you know, the next time around, as much as we are concerned and we care about the community, but in order to bring the presence of the Shekhinah and to start with the service of the Mizbeach with the Korbanot, he says, no, 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 we're not going. This wasn't proper. This wasn't 100%. We should go ahead and bring it as soon as possible. Um, so, I mean, the idea over here is, number one, I mean, the way Rebbe explains, number one, this is nothing, this is not negative to say that they brought at the end, because the leaders should come last. You know, the one who is serving always takes themselves last. That's etiquette, I think, right? If you serve out, you give everybody their portion, and then you take yourself. You don't take yourself first. At least I think that's the that's the rules of etiquette. But I don't know uh, if everybody practices that. Uh, then you have uh, the leaders 
who, because of their concern for the people, they made sure that they're taken care of first. And only, so that's not bad. That's what, also the fact that the Yidin brought everything. We say, yeah, they brought everything. Well, they didn't bring the Shoyim because they, maybe they had some of it, some of it they spent for other things, you know, the Mechasim, they were lacking. But now they don't have it, so they didn't bring it, you know, now it's not there. So, but they had the funds for it, so they're going to go buy it. Either buying it, you know, the, it's brought down in various different places that the Jewish people did business with the merchants in the other surrounding uh, countries that were there in the desert when they were walking there, they were surrounding countries, and they said they business, that they could have done business with other people over there. But at the end of the day, they felt they messed out, they missed out. Why? Because it was all done, and the money was there, so even though, they, so they gave it, but they feel, still felt that they were lacking. And something was wrong over there, still. In this case, the tardiness was wrong because it was important for the Mishkan to be built as soon as possible. So they shouldn't have left it all the way to the end. While their job is to inspire everybody else, but they should still make sure that the thing needs to be done. But why not set an example to be the first? Well, uh, they, they, apparently their their uh, uh, work helped. They didn't need a Sunday example. You see, their inspiration works. Of course, you know, we know very well, you know, do as I do, not as I say. So uh, the Rebetzin is asking that we should, the seam should lead by example. So what to do? But in this case... It doesn't seem like they needed to show an example because that benevolence, that expression of of gifting and wanting to share, wanting to build the Mishkan was so strong, they inspired them. They didn't have to do it by themselves. Uh, but in this case, the Rebbe says that in the interest of expediency, they still needed to, to go ahead and do it. All right, anyway, so this is the first. We have a few minutes to touch on another on another subject, which is the portion of Vayakel, Apikudeh. This is, so we did the first thing we did from Vayakel. The next piece on the partial of Apikudeh. And this is a general question that is a very obvious question, is about the repetition. How much times the Torah repeats the story of the Mishkan? First we learn, the Torah records what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu when he was on the mountain. And the verse doesn't just tell you that Hashem told him a lot of things. It goes through the details. How, very, very details. How they built the ark and how they built the menorah and how they built the table and how they built the mishkan and how they built the key, everything. And how they built the garments of the kahuna later on, the portion of Tetzaveh. It goes through great details. Those are all records the Torah records that which uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem on Mount Sinai, right? One would expect that since we already know exactly what Hashem told the Moshe and Har Sinai, how do I know? Because the Pasuk tells us exactly what Hashem told him. We read in the Parsha Trumat Tzavah exactly what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to do. So, one would ask, seem to ask, should have said at the end that Moshe told everything that Hashem told him to the Bnei Yisrael, and then it should have said that, and the Bnei Yisrael did everything like what Moshe told him, right? So that would be 
we have one time the details what Hashem told Moshe. And then I should just say that Moshe told the Bnei Yisrael everything that Hashem said. And then I should say that Hashem and the Jews did, the Bnei Yisrael did what he said. Them. But over here, the Pesach keeps on repeating in the portion of Ayakil Moshe. First, Moshe gathers them and tells them exactly with all the details, everything that Hashem told them. And then it goes again and it says that they went and again, but they did everything. So again with the details. Why is the Torah keep on repeating over and over again? The question is why the Torah repeats the construction of the Mishkan? And the answer is Basically, that's something that's very important. You keep on talking about it. You say it over and over and over again. When something is important, or when something is very special to you, we keep on repeating it. And we keep on saying it again. The Mishkan was a very important and dear to Hashem. Why? Because at least the way Rashi learns it, the Mishkan was God's way of telling Moshe and the Jewish people that he has forgiven them for the sin of the golden calf. We know that the sin of the golden calf was not just a ordinary sin, but that was a, a very grave, a very severe sin. So therefore, the Mishkan, which is Hashem's presence, which represents the forgiveness of the sin of the golden calf, that's a very, very important part. A very, very important part for the Jewish people. And therefore, it is very, very special. Where do we see that? We already see that actually previously in the Chomish. There's another place where the Torah keeps on repeating it over and over and over again. And that's the story how Eliezer, the servant of Yitzchak, of Isaac, went to find the bride, Rivka, for Yitzchak, for Isaac. So the Torah tells, first the Torah relates how Eliezer went and how he prayed and we told him. Then he finds them, he comes to them, he tells them over the story again and again. Rashi says over there um, that the talk sometimes the talk really explains you know the Torah has two parts. There is the laws of the Torah that there's the story, is the talk of the Torah. The laws of the Torah tell you, you have to do this and you have to do that. These are the mitzvahs, right? The 365 mitzvahs. 248 positive and 365, 613 mitzvahs. And 365 negatives. Those are the laws of the Torah. But then we have a lot of time, the Torah, the stories of the Torah. When Torah describes how Yitzchak marriage took place, how Eliezer went and found him the Shino. That's the story of the Torah. It's not laws of the Torah. And Rashi says that sometimes Hashem loves the talk of the forefathers, the tzaddikim, the righteous people, even more than Torah. Because Torah can sometimes be told in one hint, in one uh, one letter, one very, very little. But here the stories are repeated again. Why? Because this is something that Hashem loves. Hashem loves that uh, speech of the Bote of Avis. Hashem loves that. And the same thing is true over here. Because of the Mishkan, 
because of its unique specialty to Hashem, the Torah keeps on repeating and reads. It's obvious. Even a child, Rashi says, the Rebbe learns, would understand this. That this is something which is very important to Hashem, and because it's very important and dear to Hashem, Hashem repeats it and says it over and over and over again. Which also brings me to another interesting thing. You know, we spend a lot of time learning the laws and learning interpretations, but we also know, especially in the Hasidic life, there's always an energy to the stories, the stories of the tzaddikim, the story of the to learn from their lives how it happened and how they lived and the various different uh, parts to it. And, uh, and therefore, today is also the uh, the birthday. I'm saying that again. I believe it's the birthday of the Rebetzin on the 25th day of Adar. We had a chance to talk uh, about Chobbe uh, Shvat, about the Rebetzin. Uh, but today's her birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rebbe was older than the Rebbe. A few uh, few months. The Rebbe's birthday is coming up. And that's a few months, a few days. The Rebbe's birthday is coming up on Yud Aleph Nisan. The 11th day of Nisan. Her birthday is the 25th day of Ador. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so the Rebbe's life, the Rebbe's stories, you know, there's so much we learn from the Rebbe's teaching, the Rebbe's sikhs, but just the Rebbe's life and the Rebbe's experiences and the Rebbe's outreach and love and uh, just reading the Rebbe's story about uh, a person came once to the Rebbe, he says that when the Rebbe was in France and there was like an orphanage over there, and the Rebbe would come by and give some bread so the kids that were poor, they didn't have anything. And he recognized the Rebbe after many years. And it's just the various different stories that we read and we hear, those are very, very inspiring. Sometimes, you see, the Torah is said in a hint, very little, but the stories are, and the Chomish, everything takes up a lot of place. Why? Because Hashem loves these stories. And that's why Hashem says it again and again and uh, I guess uh,